0: Going on y'all, coast coast podcast back at it again. NFL week 12, uh, talking some interesting stuff that's going on. Some fantasy performers, playoff Lenny back at it again, acting like Lenny from LSU. But the man who had him, I gotta ask you, Carson, how are we doing? How are we doing uh, heading into these fancy football playoffs?
1: Yeah, man, I'm looking solid. Um, you know, my guy, playoff Lenny. Went berserk, I mean he put the four and four net. My uh Javante Williams, another guy that was over in the, the big trade I made, he had a, a a good game too. So um, yeah, that's super exciting. But let's just let's hop into these games, man. We got the Packers, Rams, two NFC contenders. Um, I'll start off with the Rams and their woes. Like I mean, we yo, you said earlier they haven't won a game in November. That's crazy. That I mean, and the month's over it's over they just haven't won they just didn't win at all in november and it's crazy to you know to see that uh that's a bad sign for a team that you know it's was a super Bowl front runner can't really run the ball anymore stafford has been very turnover prone really costing the game um but in terms of you know positives for green bay uh their defense really really stepped it up um they're a very balanced team you know rodgers looked fine even with you know with the covid and uh, i now i think after seeing this i I really do believe in the Packers, and I think it, you know—the way they're playing it will probably most likely end up being uh, Packers-Bucks again, or uh, or maybe if the Cardinals—if if, if the Cardinals are still—if they're as legit as the record makes them to be, then maybe they might sneak into that. But uh, great win for the Packers. Cup uh, and Adams—they—they they had really solid fantasy days like they always do, and Odell finally had his moment, but it wasn't enough, man. The Packers—they just looked like the more complete. Uh, more balanced team and they just were it sounds cliche but they just made way less mistakes uh than the Rams did. And uh yeah honestly LaFleur, I mean, you know, usually like uh McVeigh usually out coaches kind of his like his uh his peers, you know, his young peers. But I don't know, man, LaFleur, I think uh I th- he won this one for sure. He I think he he had a much better game than McVeigh did. And uh yeah, D- Green Bay, I can finally say I think they're legit. I finally fully kind of believe in them.
0: Yeah, I got to second you on this one. I'm always skeptical about Green Bay every season. You never know what you're going to get from them. But I think, like you were talking about, we got to talk about the Rams. I mean, uh, it's no coincidence that they lost these couple of games. It's finding hard ever since Vaughn Miller was making that statement. Like, oh, now like, uh, now I woke up, whatever, like 6-2 and two or whatever. They've lost every single game since the Von Miller trade. They've lost every yes. single game since getting OBJ. Um, I think it's just kind of meshing the stars. There's a lot of big egos on that team. You got to think OBJ is one of the biggest egos in the league. Uh, Jalen Ramsey. um, They're just not
1: executing. Like they just have been playing really poorly. Like they're just not executing. And I think, I think all, like you said, all the star power just kind of get into their heads a little bit.
0: Yeah. And I mean, the Cardinals, I mean, can we even see them in the NFC championship? Because Kyler Murray's been out for who knows how long, Uh, still perceived in the MVP race at this point, but I mean, it's been so long since we've seen him. Uh, is he going to be able to go out there in Chicago uh, this coming week and uh, show that he's healthy? Because if he's not, it's going to set back him. Uh, it's going to set back the team. But, you know, cruising at, I believe, a nine and two record right now, uh, they should be safe for now. So, uh, some team though that is not safe for now is the Cleveland Browns, who despite Lamar Jackson throwing four interceptions, three in the first half, um, they lost to the Ravens 16 to 10. I don't know if we can trust either of these teams. Uh, we have a question later up in the show talking about uh, the, the division itself. But, um, I mean, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb just didn't do anything on the ground. I mean, I don't even – like, Mark Andrews just got a miracle catch from a miracle throw from Lamar. And uh, if yeah. not, I mean, what, it's going to be a two-point game or it's going to be uh, Browns win it 10 to, like, 9 or something. So, yeah. Um, interesting game here but uh what's your opinion on uh these two teams do you really see you see much coming from them uh in the future weeks
1: Man, I mean, the B- both played very uninspiring football. Um, I agree with you. I, I don't trust either of them. I mean, the Ravens are, I think, the number one seed technically. They're eight and three, but that like looking at that record, it's like just like I'm surprised that they're eight and three because they've had they've been in a lot of very close games that could have gone either way, and just they haven't. I mean, Lamar. I mean, back to back really bad games. Lamar. You should never lose a game that the other quarterback throws four picks in. I mean, that's just really like like come on, like like giving you the ball four times and you still can't win. Um, I think the most concerning part for the Browns was just, I mean, yeah, you said it, Chubb and Hunt, they only got 15 carries in a close game. Like they had a positive game script for running the ball. And I think that's just a, just really bad, you know, play calling from Stefanski, their OC Alex Van Pelt, you know, (laughs) calling them out by names like they're watching this, but still, I mean, like when you have, probably possibly the best running back combination in the league and you're only running the ball 15 times with them. It's just like, and it's, like I said, in close game, it just, it just boggles my mind. And I feel like like that's your identity as the Browns because you're not winning with Baker, you know, throwing what I think he almost did like 40 times or something like that. That's not how you're going to win ball games if you're the Browns and you need to get back to your running, you know, run first offense because like you, you saw here, they couldn't even be the team that they, you know, force four interceptions on because they're not doing what they do best and that's running the ball and it's really frustrating for the Browns because I would like that I want to see the Browns do well I mean we all want to see the Browns do well they've been asked for our whole lives for everyone else's lives and they're finally like solid and they're just not doing what they do good it's frustrating yeah I mean I've been adamant this all
0: season I think there's no way Baker Mayfield returns to the Browns this offseason but we we we'll, we'll, we'll say that for a, like a couple of minutes coming up but uh hey hot take if
1: they give him an extension i think that could really set back their team for a while
0: it could be a jared goff situation without a yeah. trade we don't know but yeah got to talk about the raiders got to talk about the cowboys i mean Jose's is not on here we always talk about the cowboys it seems like but um yeah. perhaps the best game of thanksgiving coming down uh, to a game winning field goal on oh my God, how many? I don't know how many penalties were in that game, but it was absolutely ridiculous. Deshaun Jackson won them the game by literally just getting so many defensive pass interference calls and that touchdown himself. But, um, yeah, I mean, Hunter Renfro, he's been a beast this year. He's been this year's Cole Beasley, uh, funny enough, because they look, ex- I mean, they, they had the same yeah. kind of makeup. They're, uh, what small white slot guys, uh, that yeah. seem to get, be extremely productive on a daily basis. But, um, you know, the Cowboys, it's going to be hard for them to keep fighting uh, for the top of this. Um, the NFC, if they can't win these games like this against the Raiders team, uh, Josh Jacobs, uh, 22 carries uh, for 87 yards, but Zeke and Tony Pollard were just held without any, anything on the ground. Um, we also saw a CD lamb, not present in this game. So we saw Michael Gallup and Cedric Wilson have to step up, but hopefully we see CD lamb uh, playing in uh tomorrow night's game uh, as of right now uh, versus the saints. But uh, uh, yeah. So Carson, what are your takeaways from this Raiders team? Do you think um, even with Darren Waller potentially missing uh, next week that they can potentially make a run in the AFC with other teams like the chargers seeming to fall off uh, and so on and so forth,
1: man, the Raiders are so like Jekyll and Hyde that if they did, I wouldn't be surprised. And then if they lost every game going forward, I really wouldn't be surprised. They're just, you just never know what you're getting from the Raiders because, you know, the Raiders coming off, you know, Henry Ruggs, coming off John Gruden, going into Dallas, you're thinking like, ah, oh, like, you know, there's no way that, you know, they're actually going to rally from all this turmoil that they've had. And then they do. But then, you know, they have weeks where they play teams that they're actually, I think, better than. They have more talent. Then they lose those games. So the Raiders are a mixed bag. I'm not really sure. Um, so we'll see. I mean, like I said, it, it's, it's really going to be – uh, like one week you get one version of the Raiders, one week you get the next. I'm just, uh, I am shocked they won this game. They, re- it's shout out to them, man. Like, like I said, they really rallied together. They, they lost Waller early in the game, and that didn't seem to matter. They still ended up taking a dub. Um, so shout out to the Raiders. They, you know, pull pulled together. As for the Cowboys, just really tough because the Rams are slipping. You know, uh, you know, Cardinals, you know. Murray's coming back, but they've been without Murray, so it's really an opportunity to, you know, put themselves, you know, back in the mix for that number one seed. And I mean, they still are, you know, technically. But I think it's, it's going to be re- it's going to be really, really tough. There's going to be a lot of other factors uh, that are going to play into them if they want to get that number one seed now, compared to if they would have just ended up winning this game, which I think they really should have. Um, but if they weren't, if they weren't so sloppy. I mean, both teams were really sloppy, but just a really, really sloppy, poorly executed game in terms of just like you said. Ton of penalties, a ton of ton of penalties. But I mean, it was a very it was a very entertaining game though. It was the best game of Thanksgiving Day. Uh it was super entertaining. But yeah, just it, it's tough for Cowboys Nation because yeah, the number one seed is looking farther and farther away, losing a game that they should have won.
0: Yeah. And I just want to give a shout out uh to Micah Parsons, who's been taking over on this Dallas defense, was going really under the radar to begin the season with the hot uh play of Trevon Diggs. But Micah Parsons is playing like the way Nick Bosa was playing his rookie year where Uh, He's getting consideration for Defensive Player of the Year. Five QB hits in this game. uh, The same amount that the entire Las Vegas defense got, uh, which is crazy to see. Uh, He's a menace. Uh, He's going to be a problem for a long time. He could be the next DeMarcus Ware out there in Dallas. But um, it's time to head into our biggest questions of the week, uh, my favorite segment. So uh, going back to the AFC North I was talking about earlier, uh, when it comes playoff time, because, I mean, honestly, we're getting at least one of these teams in the playoffs. Uh, do you trust any of them at, at any state right now to make a run, to make it to the AFC championship? Because
1: I don't – I don't. Not really. I don't really trust any of the teams in the AFC. The AFC is, to me, is, is such a mixed bag because, um, you know, I mean, I can't believe I'm saying it just because they started off really poorly. But to me, I think – the safest bet, in my eyes, I think, is the Patriots. I mean, like you, they have you have the best coach out of any of these teams. I think they seem to be the most balanced. They have a quarterback that is, you know, Mac Jones, definitely not as talented as you know the like the Lamar's, uh, the Mahomes, the Josh Allen's, but definitely, I mean, you know, does not make that many mistakes. He's he's very polished. He just you know does what he has to do, um, and I, I trust them the most because when I look at yeah Ravens, uh, you know, even the Bengals. I mean the yeah, like Bengals, they lost to the freaking Jets, and you know, Jamar Chase, their best weapon. Uh, you know, he hasn't been playing as well. Mixon's been stepping it up, but um, you know, Steelers are out of it. The Browns, I don't, I don't trust the Browns anymore. I don't know. I, I yeah, like I said, I don't really trust any of them, but to rebuttal of that, I wouldn't be surprised if they made a run because I also don't trust really any of the other teams besides the Patriots, honestly. So uh, I don't trust them, but I wouldn't be surprised if it happened just because you can't really trust many of the other teams that are in the playoff picture.
0: Yeah. I mean, like, look at it. The Dolphins this season were dog shit to begin the season. Yeah. Now they might won, make like, the freaking playoffs. I know. Now they're five and seven after uh, stringing off a couple uh, straight wins. But uh, nah, the AFC North's not looking pretty. Perhaps one of the, like, viewed as one of the best divisions going into this season alongside the yeah. NFC West. It's just been.
1: Very banged up, though. I mean, look, I like, the Ravens and Browns have just been annihilated. Mm-hmm. I
0: think, though, that the Bengals have to hit their stride going into the playoffs to make a run. Because I, the way it's looking, though, I can't see Mixon maintaining this for the next couple of weeks. I think he's going to start to slow down, which is going to be hard because you want him to be hitting his stride going into the playoffs. But I could be totally wrong. He could be having some Derrick yeah. henry ass season where he's going to go for 13
1: straight games of a touchdown. Which sure. would be
0: insane. But –
1: I do like their team. I, I think I like their team the best, though. I, I think I'd, I'd probably pick them over the Ravens and,
0: right. and the Browns. Yeah, free agency acquisition from the Saints. Uh, Trey Hendrickson has been dominant for them this season. Ten and a half sacks, uh, proven that he's really worth that money because uh, people thought mm-hmm. he was just a product of uh, the dominance of Cam Jordan out there in New Orleans. But uh, now specifically going to the Browns, uh, I'm putting you in the GM role, Carson. Uh, you have Baker Mayfield on an expiring contract. We've already seen guys from his class like Lamar, uh, like Josh Allen, uh, get their extensions already. Uh, we've even seen Sam Darnold uh, get another chance. Looks like that's going to be going uh, down the toilet at this point. But I got to ask you, you giving Baker like a one-year prove-it deal or are you saying, you know what, we need to go get a guy that's just going to game manage for us. And he's going to be safe. Uh, he's going to be able to make the throws when we need them. Um or are you going to go out there and draft a guy in a class that uh, you can probably get a quarterback later in the rounds? Uh, that could potentially be a big boom prospect because you can miss on a quarterback uh, in the later rounds. It's not going to be too bad, but I'll stop the talking. What do you have to say if you're the role of the Browns GM?
1: Yeah. I'm really interested to see what you have to say too. I think if I was, if I was in that position, I think a one year prove it deal. I think that would be my last resort but then I would, I would weigh out. At first, I was like, "Yeah, weigh out the draft," and then also, yeah, just wait. Like, look at the market. Yeah, exactly. Look at the guys. I mean, they already kind of have a guy like that in Case Keenum, that you know is only a couple of years removed from you know, almost going to the freaking Super Bowl with the Vikings. And I think really it would be a much better option than, than Baker right now. Um, I would definitely look to see, look the market, look at guys like that, um, and then if nothing's there, go to the draft. And then yeah, like if neither of those options work. Worst case scenario, you sign him to approve it one year deal. But yeah, I think uh, it's sad because Baker, you know, really should have been that guy where it's like minimal mistakes, you know, game manager. But he just he's hasn't even been able to do that. And yeah, he's you know hasn't been healthy or whatnot. But I just it, I, it's been you know this this roster is too talented and too young to you know be wasting it away with you know poor very poor quarterback play that they've gotten this year from from Baker. Um, so yeah, those would be my options. What about you? My dream scenario in this situation:
0: you hope Deshaun Watson clears up his situation. You make a blockbuster trade. You you change it all up. You throw Baker Mayfield in there. You throw one. You throw two first round picks. Uh, you throw in a stud guy on the defense event. You get rid of they, someone.
1: I, yeah, I mean they have a ton of great guys on defense. Yeah, I mean you could throw in who like maybe I throw like, Delpit.
0: Uh, I got Delpit. I would throw sure. in. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think the guys you got to keep is J.O.K., Miles Garrett, and Denzel Ward. I think everyone else, I'd throw in a tackle to them. I'd give them – Maybe Conflict. Newsome. Would you throw
1: Newsom in there? Greedy? I'd
0: throw Newsome throw, throw Newsom or Greedy in there 100%. If you can go out there and get a guy that's an absolute game changer when he is on the field, you go and do it. And if Russell Wilson is disgruntled in Seattle, you go out there and do it. you got to be risky with this situation because Russell Wilson, I mean – he doesn't need great receivers to be great. We know what he can do. And put him behind an offensive line that would 100% be the best offensive line he's ever had in his career. Uh, regardless if they trade one or two of those guys away, uh, I'd love to see it. And people would want to go and play for Russell Wilson at uh, wide receiver there. They don't need to have a bunch of guys. They don't need an OBJ or something like that because Russell Wilson first succeeded when he won a Super Bowl because he was giving the ball off to one of the most dominant backs in the NFL at Marshawn Lynch. So – I think their first thing, they go out there and get, or get a quarterback. and I think Derek Carr also, if they don't make the playoffs, could be in that contention for that situation. Uh,
1: but uh, Yeah, Carr would be – yeah, Carr's like a pack-a-punch, you know, better rich man's version of what Baker did. Yeah. Well, you made a great segment about – you know, our next question was, you know, if you're the Seahawks GM, John Snyder, what would you do this offseason? I think you made a great point. I think really you have to really consider trading Russell Wilson because he is your best asset and – there's so many teams that are so desperate for you know a, a franchise quarterback like that cuz i think i think there's a lot of teams that really feel like they are a quarterback away from really really contending and you could get a king's ransom you could get a ton of picks you know a a, a couple of qual- like really quality starters quality guys and i think i think sadly like it's inevitable like thanos it's inevitable uh for you know it's time to trade Russell Wilson because I think, especially after this year, I think it's really time to I think it just runs course. You know, some relationships just run their course, and I think I think that's the best option for the Seahawks because they will get a crap ton of capital uh, for Russ. Because someone will definitely overpay and give a massive, massive deal to get Russ.
0: Hey, all the greats leave at one point. Besides, you know, the Kobe and Duncan. Tom Brady goes to Tampa Bay. LeBron goes to Miami, goes to LA. Everyone yep. makes a move. Peyton Manning went to the Broncos and uh, continued yep. his legacy. Uh, Joe Montana ended up moving on from the 49ers when he was, uh, ended up getting replaced. I feel like with Rose Wilson. Yeah. He's at the, he's is going to decrease every season after this year. You got to go out. Like you say, get a King's ransom for him. I feel like, Maybe trade Bobby Wagner. Get what you can from him because he's an aging guy at the Mike position. That uh, with age, he's not going to be. He's going to be Thomas Davis, which is what he'll be in a couple of years. I mean, not a bad player, but if you got a guy that's on the brink of an All Pro uh, esque uh, caliber player, you got to get rid of him. I feel like yeah, in Seattle, you knew something was wrong when they wasted their first round. I mean, their first selection in the draft this season, uh, last draft, on a wide receiver that hasn't barely touched the field for them in Dwayne Estridge. Um, It's just, I think Pete Carroll's going to leave. I I wouldn't be surprised if Pete Carroll either retires, you know, mutually parts ways or decides to go take one of the prime coaching jobs in uh, college football. Imagine Pete Carroll, a guy who was dominant at USC saying, you know what, I'm going to get myself five years. I'm going to go to Notre Dame and try and bring them back uh, to college football relevancy. Uh, I think it, I think, you know, Seattle's got to, They got to find a guy in the draft. I think they got to start young. You have one of the most physically talented receivers we've ever seen since probably Julio Jones and DK Metcalf, just his measurables and stuff like that. So as sad as it is, I think it's time for Seattle. You know, you had your Super Bowl, but you've gone down every single year uh, since you decided to not run the ball on the one yard line. So.
1: Yeah, I, no, I have to say seriously, that. since then, it's just been like a slow and steady decline. And now they're they're really at the bottom of the bottom of the mountain right now, because, yeah, it's just been a really atrocious year for, yeah. for the Seahawks.
0: The first losing season of Russell Wilson's career, most likely uh, if they end up with just one more loss this season. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it um,
1: was injured. We'll give him that. He was injured for a long time, you know, but still, yeah, that's how you know. It's like it's a sign, like for sure that.
0: Yeah, and then, I mean, they face a tough San Francisco team coming into Seattle this weekend, so we'll have to see. But um, can't ever cut Russ out, cut, uh, make Russ.
1: Yeah, I, I always fear Russ kind of every up. time we play him. But hey, we're going to talk about some
0: top fantasy performers and failures at each position. Coming in at the failure position for the quarterback, we got Jalen Hurts. Going up against a divisional opponent, the Giants, that we thought he was all going to have a great game against uh, 6.86 points, uh, just against a not so impressive team. uh, A season high, three interceptions, and his second lowest passing mark uh, to date this season. So, not a good game from Hertz, but uh, a rookie. Who's been showing out and looking like he's going to walk away with this offensive rookie of the year award? The way he's been leading his team to potentially the top AFC seed, uh, something I don't think we see we've seen from a rookie quarterback in a long time, and that's Mac Jones from the New England Patriots of uh, 21 and a half points. Locked his just second ever 20 point fantasy uh, game this season, uh, 310 yards and two touchdowns against the number one seed in the AFC. Uh, which you know people may say, oh, they're frauds and stuff. They went in there and they beat the Rams. Uh, A team that you know, despite their struggles, is one of the most talented teams in the NFL. So we got to give props to uh, Mac and the Patriots. So hey, remember when?
1: uh, Sorry, remember when Jamar Chase was the uh, was the clear favorite, and then now look, just like look what's happened since then.
0: It's yeah, I think the winning you got to factor that in so much because he's been crucial in it. Um,
1: Yeah, and another. I mean, another like you know, heavy contender, Najee. I mean, go go ahead, tell him how much he struggled.
0: Yeah, uh, six point seven points for Najee Harris in a game with a negative game script because this team got blown out forty-one to ten. Uh, eight rushing attempts and five targets against the Bengals is not what you want to see from a guy you invested a first-round pick in. Who he's a workhorse back. He's gonna run. He's gonna be. They're gonna run him into the ground. Uh, but they're gonna get a lot of value out of this guy. And then successful, the Washington football team duo of Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick putting up. More than 45 combined points with 23.6 for Gibson and 22.6 for J.D. Uh, Only 17 total points scored for the Washington football team this last game, but they both put in the work. Um, McKissick brought in both touchdowns, one through the air and one through the ground, and Gibson got over 100 yards rushing with a two-point conversion and seven receptions. And like you were saying, Carson, the offensive rookie of the year runaway earlier in the season was Jamar Chase. What did he do this week? Because he kind of bumped.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's just really – he's really struggled the last few weeks, I think, just because, you know, defensive is, defenses is just realized, like, kind of like with, like, Tyreek Hill, it's like, all right, just we zone in on him, we focus in on him, and we let everyone else, you know, beat us. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he only put up 6.9 points. Uh, the team put up 41 points, um, and he only had three catches, which uh, as a fantasy manager is just, like, so frustrating. Um, yeah, You know, Joe Mixon and then T. Higgins – you know, T Higgins was the one that got all the, all the shine, uh, on Sunday, uh, you know, took the massive workload from chase. Um, and then the success Kendrick Bourne, who we're going to talk about in a sec, um, you know, crucial waiver wire pickup. I don't like, it's a shame he's still even like not even rostered. Um, you know, scored a twenty you know, he had 23.1 points. Um, He's just been on a tear. I mean, he, has, he averages more points than, like, some, you know, a few other guys kind of in, in his, you know, category of, you know, flex plays, Elijah Moore, Devontae Smith, Jacoby Myers, Jarvis Landry. Um, and he only averages .2 points less than Chase Claypool, who definitely gets a lot more shine, a lot more love than than Kendrick Bourne does. Um, so, we'll, we'll get to him when we get to the the waiver wire section for sure. And then uh, I'll just do the tight ends. Tight ends, uh, two fails. Um Mike Gusecki and Kyle Pitts, I think, yeah, two, I was going to say top 10, but they're top eight tight ends uh, who they had three ca- three catches and two catches respectively. Uh, they've really been in slumps since about week eight now, uh, two guys that, you know, again, top eight tight ends, but they've really, really been struggling. But then a success, one of the 7,000 tight ends that the Colts have, Jack Doyle put up 20 points. Uh, he had over five targets, in, uh, or five or more, and each of his last three games, seven targets for 81 yards and a touchdown. Uh, you know, Wentz Wentz was really looking looking for his number um, against the uh, Bucks. Who the middle of the field just always seemed to be open for Wentz. Um, you know, against the Bucks, um, which is crazy. But even though Wentz looked fantastic against the Bucks, I knew I knew deep down he was gonna mess it up sometime.
0: Yeah it's bound to happen against the championship team. But uh, some dudes that didn't mess it up is that week 12 fantasy team of the week. Uh, it's not that 300-point team we saw last week, which is just ridiculous. But that was starting, at, starting at quarterback, we got Josh Allen, who went up against the Saints on Thanksgiving Day uh, with 26.7 points. Uh, threw two interceptions still and got that high of the point scoring. Uh, kind of a low uh, QB1 this week. But uh, mm-hmm. RB1, playoff Lenny himself, Lenny four TDs. <sighs> Uh, 44.1 points. Uh, RB2, Joe Mixon, 32.3, continuing his eight-game touchdown streak um, with a win over the Steelers. Wide receiver one, i love to see it. Jalen Waddle, the wide receiver from Alabama, uh, 28.7 points uh, in a Dolphins. He's had a
1: great season this year. Very underrated seat. Like, no one really talks about it too much. Yeah, and a Dolphins
0: win. Um, and we also, I mean, he's not on the list, but Miles Gaskin had a fantastic game. Uh, yeah. Almost about 20 points from him. Uh, wide receiver two, we got T. Higgins, Carson's pick uh, for one of the top receivers uh, this season. And he's been, he's had a couple of good games though. There's no, there's no lying that. I mean, you and I, yeah. you, I had T. Higgins, you had T. Higgins, I had DJ Moore. Um, DJ Moore did touch the top 10 at one point, but they're big, he's beginning to fall down. Those guys got to get the same in terms of average. But T. Higgins has been out for a while. So that's why um, he's not as high in the rankings as he is. But Jack Doyle. points uh, in a loss versus the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Elijah Mitchell stepping in with Debo Samuel going out because Debo Samuel seems to play running back for the 49ers as of recently because he had two catches in like his last two games and then had like three rushing touchdowns. Crazy. But Elijah Mitchell, 27.8 points going against a bad Seahawks running defense, uh, hoping to put up a big game there. Uh, For defensive special teams, 25 points from the Dolphins absolutely insane uh, from them uh, as they went Who did against, they play again? Who did the Dolphins play? Uh, uh, oh, they played the um, Panthers. Cam Newton got oh, obliterated yeah, the by Panthers.
1: them. yeah, the Panthers. Yeah, and
0: then um, kicker Daniel Four Carlson, uh, the Swedish boy, 21.0 uh, points <laughs> for 24, uh, 249.1 point total. Um, obviously, not something crazy high, but if you have any of those, if you had playoff, Lenny, I uh, hope you won your matchup this week. Uh, I know Chol did, did, but um, I for sure uh-huh. did. All right, so now we're gonna head into week thirteen in the outlook, and uh, we got some guy, uh, some teams that's really coming down in the wire in terms of their playoff hopes or anything. So, Carson, do you want to talk about those ones?
1: Yes, I mean, yeah, the Steelers, if they want to, you know, have any sort of life uh, and get themselves back in uh, the mix in the AFC North they have to beat the Ravens and the Ravens are vulnerable. I mean, we've seen it, you know, last three weeks, they've looked nowhere near as good as they did earlier in the year. Um, So Steelers, yeah, they're kind of hanging on their last thread. And if they lose, then I think uh, it really should be the end of the big Ben era for sure. Um, But then our next game, uh, Chargers and Bengals is very similar to last week where we had the Vikings and the, uh, the Niners both sitting there at a, at five and five, it was a crucial game for both. Same with the Chargers and the Bengals are both uh, at the lower end of the AFC playoff picture. So they both desperately need to take this game. This should be a fantastic game with, you know, two, you know, um, you know, two star, you know, second year quarterbacks. Um, and, you know, if they lose Chargers really could potentially miss the playoffs. Um, should be a shame. Then the, uh, the Niners, they have to beat the Seahawks. I know it's always close when we, when we play the Seahawks, no matter, you know, how bad the defense is, or how bad the run game is. The Seahawks always play us close, um, and we need to hold them off. And uh, you know, it just depends on who you know who wants it more. If the Seahawks they want to show some pride, or the Niners you know are really serious about this playoff push. I hope it's I hope it's that. I hope they're really serious about this playoff push. And they get the job done against the Seahawks. Um, should be a really good rivalry game. And then lastly, uh, the Patriots. Um, they want to show. This is their chance to really like show the rest of the world like this sh- like it's gonna monday night football gonna be on national television uh well i got they're all on national television <laughs> so i don't know what i'm saying <laughs> uh you know what i mean uh, uh they really want to show the world that like they are the top dogs of the afc they have to go into buffalo and take a dub because i think the patriots are still i think i don't know i just only really see them getting talked about you know compared to like the buffaloes the you know the ravens um and i I actually, I'm really buying into this in the last few weeks. I think they're legit, and this is their perfect opportunity to show it against Buffalo, who I think people still think, it, you know, are the favorites, even though they've been very, very shaky the last couple of weeks. Um, so, yeah, I'm really, really excited for that game. Um, and I, I honestly, I'm just going to say now my hot take – is that they are gonna win. I think the, the Patriots are gonna, gonna go in there and they're gonna beat the Bills and they're gonna reclaim the number one seed. And they're well, I don't know if they'll I don't know if they'll get the number one seed. Depends on what the Ravens do. But they'll they'll be atop the uh the AFC East and uh, I think it's gonna be a real shocker and then everyone's gonna notice like, oh shit, like this team's for real, for real. That's my exactly.
0: I like it. I like it. I'll get to mine in a minute, but we're going to talk about some waiver wire guys. Uh, Galvin Cook has just been a disappointment this season. Uh, the injuries got back to him. You know, he had two healthy seasons and then, uh, going down with injury. It looks like Alexander Madison is going to be a hot waiver wire pickup. Some people probably already had him, you know, uh, hovering around that like 37, uh, 36% range, had a 45% jump uh, off the waiver wire, uh, Wednesday. Um, uh, so if you if he's still in your league go get him. I know in ESPN he's projected about 18 points. Uh they will be yep. going up uh against the um club. I know they got to, yeah, the Lions, Lions but, uh, yeah. I'll talk about that game in a minute. But um Chuba Hubbard CMC will miss the rest of the season. So that means the first and second overall fantasy picks in most every draft uh, are now no longer going to play probably for the rest of the season. We don't know if Cook But CMC is definitely going to be out. Uh, So Chuba Hubbard, he had some decent uh, games when he was filling in for CMC. So let's see. He could have some RB2 upside uh, if they really start to pound the rock to him. Uh, Then coming in, Don Troll Hilliard, a guy that Jose was praising last week. And he, again, had another very good game against the Pats defense. Um, 16 and 18 points in his last two games. uh, A really dominant running game uh, against them. Uh, The Pats, uh, about 33.5% owned. Uh, Go get him now because, you know, Adrian Pearson left. Uh, It seems like Jeremy Knuckles is not going to be that guy there, so go get him. And then, Carson, I'll
1: let you
0: talk about Kendrick Bourne because you were alluding to it earlier, just how great he's been this year.
1: Yeah, man, I mean, he's only in 24% of leagues. He's wide receiver 24. He is, if you're in a 12-man league, that means he is, like, the last wide receiver, too. Like technically. And like, it's just crazy that he's only, you know, he's only 24% rostered. Uh, he's definitely boomer bust. Um, but he definitely, I mean, you know, him and Myers are, are, are the tar- top targets for Mac Jones. Uh, you know, someone that's very accurate. He, you know, he targets them a lot. Um, and he just really stepped up, man. I mean, someone that's really just bounced around a while. Uh, never, you know, really had just, he's had a little couple moments here and there, but just played very, very well this year. And uh, yeah, go out and get him because um, you know he's probably he's probably better than a lot of your like fav- you know favorable more you know more uh, more popular options that are in like that wide receiver two flex consideration. So definitely go go get born for sure because it, it, it's insane that he's only in twenty four percent. He's only rostered in twenty four percent of leagues.
0: Yeah, crazy. I know he's been he put in some work for me this past week uh, in our league, but yeah, now, he's been solid, man. Yeah, I know at one point he was. During, like, I think during a stretch, he's been better than, like, Amari Cooper, which is crazy because we were going to put Amari Cooper in the top 10 after his week one performance against the Bucs. But yeah. talk about some betting. Uh, the Rams, 13-point favorites against the Jaguars. I think you got to rock with it. I think when people see double-digit spreads, they think, oh, you got to take the plus. That's too many points. But Jacksonville, they're coming to SoFi Stadium. I think the Rams, with their backs against the wall, are just gonna to look to obliterate a Jaguars team that's just been extremely disappointing this year. You know, doesn't have their top receiver. Obviously, DJ Sherike was out for a long has been out for a long time now. But I know James Robinson's been dealing with some injuries every uh once in a while. So we don't know how much he's gonna be getting work out there. But I mean, if the Rams can't dominate this team offensively and dominate this team defensively, it's gonna be a problem. But I think 13 points, I think they can win by like 20 or 30. I could see like a 45 to like like 10 game. So I think you got to take a 13 point uh, spread in that situation. Broncos chiefs. I'm taking the under It's the divisional game. It's always going to be competitive. Uh, the Broncos have a very good defense, even despite losing Von Miller, because they have one of the best young pass rushers in the league and Bradley Chubb, who's one of the most underrated guys in the league when it comes to uh, outside linebacking edge rushers uh, 47 and a half points buy at the point uh, and take the under, because um, I think the Broncos' offense isn't too crazy uh, at going against a Chiefs defense that's been improving, and um, I think the Broncos – Even the, might-
1: Chiefs, like, the Chiefs, like, the last, like, few weeks haven't really even put up that many points. I mean, besides that Raiders game where they, you know, finally looked like the old Chiefs, I mean, only 19 points against the Cowboys, you know, 20 points against the Giants, uh, put up three against the Titans, um, you know – and then of course thirteen against yeah only thirteen against the Packers. I mean they've been very low scoring the last few weeks, and yeah they're going up against Broncos defense that they're legit man. Like their defense is really solid. Sertain's a beast. Yeah, you mentioned Chubb, super underrated. He's a beast. So yeah, I, I'm with the I'm with the under for sure.
0: Yeah, um, going into uh, money line bets. Carson said it was his ball prediction, and I'm riding with it. Patriots money line. I think it's about plus 120 right now. You've got to take the positive money in a game that close where I'm surprised. I mean, if it was at home, the Patriots would be favored by three points. So it's literally just about who's home, who's not. And you got to take the risk there. Uh, on primetime, McDermott's going to get out coached the hell out of Bel- by Belichick. So, and then if you're looking for a little bit more of a risky bet, Um, I mean, I just say it's risky because I'm being biased there. I'm taking the Seahawks, the upset, uh, the San Francisco 49ers coming into Seattle. Um, And talking about upsets, Carson already gave his bold prediction with the Pats uh, going into Buffalo and taking a dub. My bold prediction is that Minnesota is going to struggle on the ground um, and even through the air a little bit. And uh, it always seems to be when a team is winless, they beat a team that, you know, is particularly, you know, Pretty decent, you know. We saw the Rams being the ones that broke up uh, the Jets' winless streak. Uh, the Chargers did it a couple years ago um, when they were pretty. Didn't, good. The, didn't the football
1: team do it last
0: year against the Steelers? Were yeah, they the ones that? No, no. But I'm talking about winless teams. Oh, winless uh, teams. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. sure, sure. But like I was saying, to I think the Lions are going to pull off an upset at home uh, in a close one. A close one. It's going to be single-digit margin of victory. To be one ten and one on the season, I'm giving. The Lions, their first divisional win, their first win under Dan Campbell. Um, but I don't care. If Dan Campbell doesn't have any wins this season, keep him ahead head coach because that's just mean to do for a guy that has so much heart there. And it seems like he's really going to turn around because, hey, he's just got bad quarterback play and uh, a team that just needs to develop a little bit more. So, uh, Carson,
1: obviously, it's been a great episode. You got anything else to add? No, nah, man. I, I gave my bold prediction. Um, we're getting closer and closer. It's still um... – it's so crazy. We have, what, yeah, five, yeah, five more weeks left. Season so so long. I'm I'm really just ready for the playoffs. I'm just so I'm just so intrigued with this year's playoffs because there just really isn't that one team that is like should be the favorite. Like literally, like anything can happen in the playoffs, and I would not be surprised. There's just there's gonna be a whole ton of walkiness going on uh, in this year's playoffs, and I'm really excited. But sadly, we still have. Freaking, yeah, what, five, yeah, five more weeks? Yeah, five yeah. more weeks.
0: Uh, and then we got, you know, all the other stuff thrown in there as well. I mean, when it gets down to, like, playoff time, we got, you know, Pro Bowl thrown in there. Uh, tons of stuff going on. So, um, yeah. Carson been a great episode. Uh, following this episode, uh, you will see posted on our YouTube, Jose and I, we're going to be talking about MLB free agency, some big moves happening. We see the Mets yes, going sir. out there, getting one of the best pitchers in the league, and Max are on a huge deal. And the Rangers – potentially creating the best up the middle of the field duo in the league with MVP runner-up Marcus Simeon and uh, former World Series MVP Corey Seager. But that's for another episode. So, you guys, go to the channel, watch that right now. But without further ado, it's been Coast to Coast Podcast, Week 12 edition. Signing out. Peace.